0: Welcome back to another episode of the Strength and Speed Podcast. I'm your host, Mudgear Battle Alliance Pro and Strength and Speed (laughs) owner, Evan Preparis. I have Rachel Waters joining me, back for another episode. Rachel, say hi. Hi, Evan. Hi, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Mudgear. Mudgear is, I mean, I think if you're in the OCR world, you know who they are, right? Socks, seat covers, t-shirts, shorts, uh, underwear for a while, compression pants, compression shorts. Uh, we love Mudgear, and they've been around the industry for a long time. And they're a big sport of the industry, so make sure you give back to the brands that support our sport. And if you haven't seen their VJ Shoes lineup of socks, you can check those out. And then they've also expanded at OCR World Championships where they do some screen printing on the socks where they can get a little more complex designs. Um, so they partnered with Legendborn and had some kind of like Legendborn-esque you know, country socks and stuff like that. So check them out. There are a lot of awesome stuff over there. All right, back on the podcast. I have Rachel after her 105 mile self-created charity event for Lionhearts Fitness. So, uh, Rachel, give us a you know two minute recap in case people didn't listen to the last episode we had you on about what what was the event you were doing and why you were doing it.
1: Yeah. Um, so, thanks for having me back, Evan. Obviously, I have survived. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't croak out there. Um, you know, I made it through. Um, But for those of you that did not catch my um, previous episode that I did right before the event, I had organized um, a fundraiser event where I went out to a private venue, um, a private obstacle course venue, and decided that I would attempt 105 miles with 500 obstacles and a burpee penalty. Um, I wanted to do this for a few reasons. Um, One was to motivate and inspire people to take on tough challenges. Um, the next was to, you know, try to push the threshold for the women's distance and endurance obstacle racing. And then, you know, a big part um was that I then attached this physical effort to a fundraiser for a nonprofit, a kids group that I mentor with. And I did that um in honor of my mom who instilled a love of children in me. So I sort of had to organize, call it a race for myself um, and of course to um, you know, fundraise for, for this. So our last episode was really talking, um, Evan and I talking about the planning, the preparation, you know, a lot of my why, what I was going to, how I was going to put it together and, and all that. So, um, and here I am on the other side.
0: <laughs> yeah. So let's jump into, how did it go? Give us, uh, I guess, give us a rundown yeah. and then we can start diving into some of the nuances and some of the uh,
1: yeah, unforeseen I'll kinda, challenges. I'll kind of give like a, you know, a couple of minutes thing if I can, it's so hard to like, you know, try to try to squeeze it, but I'll, you know, I'll do what I can on the highlights. Um, you know, you know, first of all, that this was this just incredible thing that I still can't even wrap my brain around that I did. Um, in a lot of ways, I haven't even emotionally unpacked it all yet. Um, you know, I've never, I had never done anything quite of this magnitude. I didn't know what to expect. Um, you know, Evan, you and I had, I had shared with you my my course format, and, um, you know, I really didn't quite know what I had built until I got out there, and so, you know, I started on um, Black Friday at 2 p.m., um, and I was out, you know, a little south of Nashville, Tennessee, um, and so I started Friday afternoon, and, you know, it, it was dark by five o'clock there, so um, my first couple of hours, you know, that's when it's still fun, <laughs> you know, but. I hit dark pretty soon, and, you know, when I approached it, I had decided to sort of break break my event into three sections, and to be honest, I didn't know how long it was going to take, and you and I had talked about that, um, you know, n- not really knowing, and so started Friday afternoon, you know, I'm feeling okay through the first night, um, but, you know, honestly, my first low came around mile 15, which, you know, really wasn't that far into this thing, but, you know, after 15 miles, I had started to get a taste of what I had built um as far as really understanding the obstacles and you know what this thing was going to entail and you know at 15 miles I'm already starting to feel you know a couple hours in tired and like this 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 90 mile number just like paralyzed me for for a minute there so I would say like at about mile 15 I felt my first small bout of hopelessness but I just kind of said you know it's fine. You're so early into this. You've done 24 hour events, just keep moving. And so I had thought I would break this thing into like, you know, overnight, right? To get to the first sunrise. Um, because endurance racing, I know you've done this, Evan. When you can when you're out there all night, um, when the sun comes up, you kind of get like new energy. So it's like, okay, yeah. Rachel. Right. So, you know, like try to break this thing up. First focus on getting through the night and to, you know, the sunrise Saturday morning. And then from there, um, worry about sunrise to sunset. So Saturday day. And then, and then I was like, assuming I would finish sometime in the night Sunday. So it was kind of like, okay, so you have, you know, first night to sunrise next day. And then, you know, the last third is, you know, last bit of night to finish. And so I first tried to just break into those chunks. So I got through my low, um, at about mile 15 and kind of kept moving. Um, and, you know, really started to feel okay as the sun came up Saturday morning. Um, you know, I started to get like kind of a fog because, you know, I'm running this mile and a quarter loop on repeat. Um, and you know, I'm just like in la la land, basically like out there in this, you know, backyard basically. And, you know, I'm running and, um, I would say around mile 60 was my next low. Um, because at mile 60, you know, and I, and I can't quite remember the exact timing, but You know, I was about probably 24 hours into this thing going into Saturday afternoon. I'm really starting to feel tired. And then the reality of my pace started to set in. And I realized I'm probably gonna be out here an entire second night. Mm -hmm. And so that was a like kind of a low at at, like mile 60. And how I decided to deal with that kind of, you know, because I'm having to not only work through this thing mentally and grind it away, or excuse me, physically and grind it away, but mentally too. So my decision was at mile 65, I would do a clothing change and that'll get my spirits up, <laughs> you know? Um, so you, step-
0: I'm, I'm going to interrupt real quick. So you've yeah. mentioned several things already. So if, if anyone checks out my book on endurance, um, talking about, you know, some of the mental tricks we use for extending endurance and you've already mentioned two of them. One of them is, uh, I call it chunking, which is exactly yeah. what it sounds like. You break the race into manageable chunks. And, you know, if you look at a race from a, if you look at the start from at the whole thing it's it's overwhelming so like you it's physically big. yeah yeah it's, it's you can't do it even world's toughest i don't look you know same thing i break it into daylight and then i bring it into nighttime and then daylight the next day right that's how i i mentally handle it and then a lot of times i'll break it into you know 25 mile increments or whatever um so one you mentioned chunking which i obviously highly encourage that and two uh, you mentioned you just mentioned a second one which i call micro rewards right so
1: mm-hmm. any
0: little thing that you can do to make your to lift your spirits whether it's changing clothes changing socks uh putting on a different hat uh, uh eating a you know dessert like i usually drink a lot of like liquid uh, nutrition so it's kind of prepackaged uh fuel but then like in later parts of the race i'll switch to like in- including with my uh, regular nutrition like chocolate covered oreos or red vines or something something yeah, the boost good my stuff spirits. yeah <laughs> so real yeah
1: good stuff
0: <laughs> all right keep going so um yeah 65
1: so, so, so 65 you know I go I I you know because I'm going back to my like pit area every five miles so I I go back there and I like go in the tent you know pretty pretty much take everything off baby wipe down right um put some new clothes on and I'm like okay mile 65 but that still started to get very discouraging because the reality was I saw 50 miles and I'm just like you've got to be kidding me and you know, sort of digressing, a, I'll digress a little bit. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm going to try to tell the story linearly, but the, the experience isn't as linear as you would think, you know, when you're out there. But so I'll, I'll kind of pause there. So in some ways, I designed an incredible course, Evan. But in other ways, I think I didn't do well in planning because I really didn't take the time to like space things out physically on like the course map, um, you know, cause I'm only one person trying to kind of do this. And so, and, and what I will say is I think some of my stuff was too heavy. And so it really slowed me down. Like on paper, a hundred pound sandbag drag beforehand didn't sound like a lot to me, but when I got out there and felt how heavy that was on how taxing it was on my hamstrings, you know, that, that re- those repeated carries broke me down you know, that was kind of an unexpected thing. I wasn't expecting the strength stuff to really wear on me. I was more concerned about the mileage. And so that kind of surprised me out there and it slowed me down. And so, you know, slowing me down, you know, to a a pace that I really felt like I couldn't go a lot faster, um, had me discouraged, you know, now snapping back into the story, like mile 60, 65, because again, this is where I start to realize, like, you know, I'm not going to speed up, and I'm not finishing at midnight like I thought. Yeah. You know, I'm going to probably be out here. I've never been awake two nights in a row. Like, you know, my body was starting to get tired, and then, um, you know, but I, I changed clothes. You know, the sunset so early there, so the sunset Friday night, and Evan, it started pouring on oh, me. Geez. Pouring, it rained on me the entire second night. I mean, <laughs> the wind was whipping all of every, the sandbags got even heavier. Everything was wet. Uh, like, I mean, it just, I, I got lucky with the weather for the first day, but the entire second night and I'm going into no man's land, but like, you know, I'd woken up at 5 a.m. Friday because, you know, I'm getting all ready for the event to start Friday afternoon. And, you know, now I'm going into stayed up all night, you know, Friday night out there all day, Saturday, I'm it's Sunday night and I'm out there and, um, you know, it got, it got really wet and I just kept moving, you know, but it, that slowed me down too, because not only was it dark, you know, I'm of the off schools in the dark, but it's also starting to rain. Um, and so I, you know, but I just kind of kept chipping away and I had this thought in my head throughout it. Um, my friend had said to me beforehand, you know, Rachel, it's already done. You just have to show up and do it. And something about that was so simple and I kept telling myself that. So I just kept, you know, going through the night, the, the second night and, um, you know, I pushed and then about mile eighty, eighty five, I had sort of my third, like low and, and my, that's when my feet were starting to fall apart. You know, they were wet and I started to get blisters on all of them. Um, I don't know. I'm, have you ever gotten to a point with your feet where they're just like, just all jacked up everywhere? Like, it's just, like, I'm sure you've seen it. You've probably done well enough to protect him. And I've not had this happen before, but, you know, I got to
0: this point. In in military training, yes. By the time I started, like, uh, endurance racing, like, ultra OCR, my feet essentially, I I, like, the bottoms of my feet are essentially all callous. And even, um, so even (laughs) at World's Toughest, I actually ended up getting a blister, but it was, like, like, underneath the blister was, like, more callous. (laughs) So, like, I didn't i could fe- i could feel the hot spot down there but like yeah. it never altered my gait and then um when it was over then i was like like i took off my shoes and i was like oh there was a blister there i guess that's what that hot spot was uh but yeah
1: yeah no i think it was just you know the longest i'd ever been on my feet um and so like i it, i mean it was bad it was like popping everything and trying to patch it back together and so i hit a low point at like eighty, eighty five because it was like how, how do I stop like, 20 miles? Like, it seems like an eternity. But you know, I just, I don't know, I just sort of like shut it off. And I kept moving. And you know, I'd lost track of loops. And so I kept kind of asking, like, you know, what loop am I on? Um, You know, what where I am because I had um two watches, you know, one was on me, one was in a pack, like different operating systems, Coros and Garmin. And so, you know, I'm like, not quite you know, sure. What lap run? Cause the Garmin was running fast, like longer. So we were going on the Coros data cause it was shorter, if that makes sense. Um, because between the two, I was like, I- I'd rather go with the one that's tracking shorter than, than longer if there's a discrepancy. And so, um, anyway, I was really exciting because I was, I didn't know, but I knew I was coming up on it. And my dear friend, Annie had come and she had crude and paced me through both nights, which was amazing. She works night shifts, so she's used to being awake. So she was actually out there, you know, walking it out with me in the rain the second night. But um they let her tell me. So we were on, you know, a lap and I was like, you know, had just started the lap and she looked at me and she said, Rachel, it's your last lap. And I was hmm. just like, really? <laughs> you know, oh my God. <laughs> yes. And and so but then it, what's funny, Evan, is I picked it up and I like sprinted the last like half mile. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Like I came in so fast. My whole crew was like, what? So I learned, I found out I was sandbagging the whole time because I finished yeah. with the, <laughs> in the legs. But, um, you know, that was a really high level of my lows, I guess. But um, just to kind of like to tell that, but, you know, some of the really amazing things about it was that um, I only failed 12 obstacles, seven spear throws, which I expected <laughs> seven out of my 10, I failed. So seven spear throws. And then I failed the race ready rig one time. And then there were these rings that um, I failed four times in a row. And then that was towards the end. And that was all because it head was raining. So it was like, just so wet that I, the the rings that they had were so slick that I got it. Like I was doing things in eight sequences. So I got the first four, but then the rain was just so heavy. So I only failed. Yeah. So it was seven spears and then, you know, five other obstacles, one being the rig and then the same rings four times in a row. So um I was pretty proud of that because um I didn't know what to expect there. I kept with my entire format of obstacles, um, the only things we pulled based and changed from like the weather was once it started raining, they had like a leap of faith that was just too slick. Like it was raining and dark. Mm, so we, yeah. we changed that to, um, we made the call to change that to like the 14 foot wall instead, just because it was like, I don't need to be, you know, jumping. <laughs> All you, you've done it. It's like, you know, you leap from one platform to the next on wood. It's like, I don't really need to be doing this in the in the rain in the dark you know let's swap that one out and then i have slanted steps which are like the you know like the leap pad on ninja warrior at the beginning where you're like jumping from
0: yeah quintuple like, steps yep
1: <clears throat> yeah yeah so they had some of those and then again it was so wet that like there was no traction on them so we swapped that for the low crawl so we didn't have to change out anything major as far as i feel like the the meat of what the event was, but you know those were like more weather safety calls that we made at like two in the morning that my crew did. Um, but I was really proud of I kept my wherewithal. I was still doing math in my head after sleep, you know, sleep deprived on Sunday. Um, nutrition went great. Um, my hydration, I kept a hydration pack on that. Um, it was a 1.5 liter, and what I did was, I sipped out of that the whole time, and in there I had dumped, you know, a bottle of hoist and filled the rest with water. And then that's what I drank, um, food. I found, it was so good, Evan. Um, my staples were, you know, for my hot food, every five miles, I would eat either meatballs with mashed potatoes or protein oatmeal. So Mm. that was like my solid food every five miles, you know, so five miles in 10 miles, whatever. And then in between that I did, um, some like vegan protein bars, check's Mix, dill pickle chips, popcorn, peanut M and M's, um, little snacks here and there. One at Saturday night, my crew ordered pizza, and they were kind enough to get me some gluten-free pizza. So I had it was like the best pizza I'd ever had in my life. <laughs> you know, it's like raining like <laughs> hot food. Um, but yeah, nutrition. I did not even eat a single gel goo or gummy bear type thing like you know all the little quick sugar yep. type I didn't eat any of that um, I just kept it all to real food I would say the quickest sugar type stuff I was having was treats like peanut M&M's Snickers bar and honey stinger waffles but outside of that it was mostly what I consider like gas station snacks you know um, <laughs> <laughs> but I would say that the meatballs and mashed potatoes was great because it was Bob Evans and then frozen meatballs so it was like so easy to microwave. Um, so anyway, that was kind of my nutrition failures. Um, I would say the strength stuff was a lot harder than I expected, but, um, yeah, does that kind of give you like a high level of how it went? I don't even know. Yeah. So no, much happened too. Like so much happened, you know,
0: <laughs> that, that's a, pr- that's a pretty good rundown. And, uh, I, I'm not sure. Like got, I, I'm, I'm shocked it rained the, the number of charity events <clears throat> I've done um you know I've never had it rain I, like my weather's been pretty good all things <laughs> considered like I, I've dodged some pretty serious storms <laughs> and stuff like that I mean OCR America too there's a couple of days that were really really cold uh but other than that you know the, there was no precipitation so precipitation yeah, that adds, kind of, adds another level of complexity um, It
1: it did mentally definitely going into like the second night you know, and realizing like how long is this? Am I ever gonna finish this? I'm going so slow, you know, and my mind's slow. And I kept, you know, I do regret, I kind of was like trying to push myself, like go, but I just, you know, with some of these obstacles, I mean, I was doing the math. I mean, that hundred pound drag, I dragged that thing more than a mile and a half. No.
0: Oh, you know, I had yeah. this
1: my 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 farmer's carries say it was the same distance. So it's like I think of like, you know, three miles of the hundred and five was just of like these carries and, and this at the Evan, their Atlas ball is an 80 pound um, Atlas ball. And I <laughs> was doing it like miles, like 90 to 100. And it was a pretty far carry. So it kind of blew my mind. Like I'm at mile like, you know, 97, you know, doing like rope traverses, you know, and it was just kind of like, I almost had to leave my body to like do it. If that I had to take my doubt, my fear the, like, you know, all of that. And I had to just like stick it in a box and put it on a shelf and forget about it and just keep moving. Um, but you know, in some ways I still haven't felt like I haven't returned to my body yet because I I was waiting to like fall apart emotionally, you know, I was waiting for this thing to like break me down. And I'm like, you know, maybe find myself in a fetal position, sobbing about something, right? Like that's what, I was expecting to do to myself but it didn't happen <laughs> so you know i almost feel like i you know like i i missed something um is that, <laughs> that's that sounds is that strange like to, but i, yes. I was seek i was seeking this like total breakdown of myself but you know so that what that tells me is that i could have gone faster maybe um
0: no you know the <laughs> uh Great I, I, I think what it tells you is that you're strong enough to do what anyone, any what sort of reasonable person, or even most unreasonable, is this
1: would, reasonable? Would is this do reasonable right, idea. like
0: <laughs> like to get to the level where you're like you've, you know, you're in the fetal position. Um, you know, for, for for someone like you, that's gonna it's gonna I mean, obviously, it's gonna take a lot, and it's gonna take it's gonna take someone forcing it on you, someone like forcing you to do something. Essentially, against yeah. your will, right? Like at, at the core of this, this is something you really wanted to do for yeah. for a good cause. So, you know, it, it allows you to dig a little bit deeper uh, when things get when things get rough, right? Even if even if you're not yeah. doing it for, you know, like like in a race where it's primarily for personal gain or personal satisfaction, you know. Um, yeah,
1: but I again, I think I kind of walked away from it, scratching my head a little bit. Like, you know, I was like hoping to just you know obliterate myself but
0: and um, and the you know the sprint the your sprint at the end that is normal in the sense that like your body your mind is like the regulator right so like when you when your body when your mind knows that you still have 50 miles left to go it's not going to let you sprint like it won't open up yeah. that as an option it just won't do it right so the if you're familiar with running models right the central governor model so essentially your your brain is like no, this, this, the limiting factor, you know, at the time it was fairly revolutionary, right? Like the limiting factor for a lot of running is, is your brain. It's your brain telling your body, no, you can't run faster because you still have another 20 miles to go. You still have another five miles to go, even though like a short course, right? Like you still have another quarter mile to go in a one mile race. Like, no, I'm not letting you run any faster. Um, we can, we can push it at the very end when, you know, essentially there's, uh, You can see the finish line, which is why you get guys all the time um, sprinting at the end of a, you know, a race when they weren't moving very fast before that. And also they're using a different energy system, right? So you're, you're switching to a, uh, you know, quick energy system for that sprint or that short, that short run at the end.
1: Yeah, it was, you know, it was just, um, it was a really unique experience, you know, and again, I still feel like I haven't really unpacked it all because I had to put it all aside. And it's been, you know, three weeks now. And, um, you know, I'm still kind of like looking back on it. And, you know, I think sometimes when you're in that situation, you're not really learning the lessons in it because you sort of flip on, you know, not to be dramatic, but that sort of fight or flight survival mode, because, and that's why we like these things, right? Because we're just like focused on, you know, next obstacle, next mile, next hour, next whatever. Um, and so in a lot of ways, it's not like you have the, the, the emotional and mental bandwidth to really even process it all while you're out there. It's like, yeah. you know, you kind of go through it and then it comes back. And I mean, I still can't believe I did it because I was so afraid of it. Um, from the I, beginning, I, didn't I don't think I,
0: we, I don't think we mentioned, but how long did it ultimately end up taking?
1: It, it took me 42 hours. Whew. So yeah. Yeah. On like, you know, and, and I didn't sleep, you know, I didn't. There was like times where I would sit down here and there, you know, like, you know, use the restroom. We had like a camping outdoor potty thing. Cause you you know, um, my crew was all in the house, but for me, I was very adamant about I'm staying outside. Like this is, you know, I'm replicating a race, not, you know, I'm not doing that. So, I mean, but I was on my feet and I've never, it, it blew my mind. And what it also blew my mind that at, you know, hour 42, I'm still doing these obstacles i mean my my legs again, I think what I underestimated was um I thought I'd be able to run a little more of it, but you know after about fifty miles out there with some of this strength stuff and all of the obstacles, like you know I couldn't do more than like waddle and uh, and having like twenty five hours of it be in the dark, um that slows you down a lot too, just with everything you do, like every you know, your, your running yeah. pace, you know, your obstacles. And then one of the nights, so it's like of the 42 hours, about 25 hours of them were in the dark, you know, the second whole night it rained. So it like, you know, it just, it, it slowed me down, but it was, I've never been awake that long. It was, it was such an incredible experience to kind of go through the full process of it and then be on the other side of it. And now I feel like I blinked my eyes and it's been three weeks, mm-hmm. you
0: know, <laughs> Yeah. But in the moment it felt, it's like, why is this taking so long? <laughs> yeah, I can't live. Oh I'm still God. here. And then you look yeah, back you on know. it and you're just like, Oh, uh, that like, you know, I can't even remember. I can't even remember what I did most days between now and then. So.
1: Yeah. And I think that was a huge lesson for me that I'm learning. You know, it's funny because now I'm like, have these thoughts of doing more endurance stuff. Cause I'm just like, well, Rachel, you can do anything. Because when I think of what I did, I'm like, a hundred miler sounds easy. Like you mean I don't have to do all of the obstacles. You know, I'm um, granted my pace would be different, but um, the, I think the one of the big things I learned, and it's one of those really simple yet like it's everything kind of things, is I learned that I so quickly forgot how bad my blisters hurt, <laughs> and, and 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 in those last twenty miles, I slowed down so much because my blisters hurt. And, and, and in retrospect, I now have that, it was like this, like that life lesson of it is so temporary and blisters are blisters. And, you know, I would never encourage someone to like run or perform through injury. Right. But at the end of the day, my blisters were going to hurt whether I was walking or whether I was running. And so, you know, it kind of taught me that lesson so that next time I find myself uncomfortable. Right. And and then again, I'm not speaking about injury, um, that I need to remember how temporary it is. And so that shifts my perspective for all races moving forward. You know, like next time I think, Oh man, I didn't get a good night's sleep. I got to run this six mile Savage race. So it can be like, well, wait a minute, Rachel, you know, (laughs) like that is so temporary how you feel and remember what you, you know, did out there with your, on your blisters with all those miles so i don't know i think i'm like kind of learning that from it too um just just generally like it, it changes your frame of reference when you do these big hard things
0: um, uh, absolutely i think that's so, so huge you know the because you're basing what you think is difficulty difficult based off previous life experience right so um i saw my first marathon i ever did was still like one of the hardest things i've done just because i hadn't run that far ever right so it um it was something way outside my comfort zone at the time, but now I've, you know, I've done so many marathons or marathon length or longer things, you know, that it's, it's not really that big of a deal, but the, you know, you're, you're basing it off previous life experience, which will make certain things hard. And if you put a couple of really hard things in there, not saying everyone has to go run 105 miles of obstacles, right. But if you put a, a couple of really hard things in there, it's stretches out that scale of what you think is hard and what you think is easy. And I think opens up a lot more doors for, other opportunities and other challenges that you can push yourself on
1: so. yeah and you know you and I we we seek that through athletics I mean people can do Correct. it in other ways right I mean some people like to you know they work in sales and they go out and put them you know selves out on the line with risky sales adventures because that's what you know makes them uncomfortable but makes them successful so it's like you know we a lot of us find it in athletics but it's like you know that's I think the thing that I kind of gained on it because it's kind of just like Turns your whole brain upside down when you do something that kind of big physically, you know. Especially as I look into next year as an athlete, because it's kind of like, well, now what do I
0: do? <laughs> and that was going to be my next question. So, do, are you planning? Um, are we going to see? Are we going to see you do another charity type event, or are, you, are we going to see you at a toughest mutter or a Spartan Ultra Beast? What's the? What's you the- know,
1: I I don't know. You, you know, I've. I will say that um, I won't be, you won't really see me at Spartans next year because I'm not buying a pass, Um, you know, and, but I, but I love the ultra distance, so I guess maybe I could find a a good venue to do maybe Killington or something, but um, I don't know, Evan, you know, I actually, I kind of want to go into more strength, like, you know, I think I ran all the obstacles out of my system or something because you know, I'm thinking about some of the hybrid events, um, more functional fitness. I was looking at actually a strong woman competition, which is like the complete opposite of 105 miles. Um, you know, but, but I don't know, but I think that with my new found like frame of reference, I could also drop in on just some trail races. You know, I was thinking about looking at maybe some 50 milers in some beautiful locations and, you know, dipping my toes out there a little bit in some other stuff. Um, but you know, I, I don't know. I still haven't put my full calendar together for next year. I do. Um, I'll be doing the Savage series. Um, okay. so for OCR Savage series, OCR WC, uh, mainly, but then, you know, also wanting to dabble in the high and go and, you know, whatever kind of functional strength stuff I can. Cause like I said, I think I, ran all the obstacles out of my system you know a couple of weeks ago um, so um you know just i don't know evan <laughs> there the, I, I feel like i'm limitless now having, <laughs> you know,
0: i love it i love conquered
1: it. something that big so we'll, we'll see um you know but i'm i'm healing pretty well from it um you know i'm back to working out um, the running is coming back a little slowly but i think that that's normal
0: Yeah, and you're Uh, still early. Like I, I, tomorrow we're recording this on the 19th. Tomorrow is uh, a month and a week post world's toughest. And tomorrow will be the first day I'm running. Um, Really? Yeah. I I just take, I take a month off completely. Just stop. Hard stop. I did.
1: I've run like two miles, like twice. I ran four miles today. So I'm, I'm getting it.
0: Yeah, that, I'll, I'll ease back. It'll, it'll be yeah, I'll, I'll probably run I'd, three I'd, or five tomorrow and that'll be it. Uh But, and honestly, I wouldn't even start running this early, uh, but I might have something in mid January that I have to perform at. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's my thoughts too. It's like, you know, I, but I am enjoying, it's been a really nice couple of weeks after that. It was a great way for me to end my year, you know, go into the holidays because it's really also made me appreciate these past couple of weekends of just, kind of laying low at home and you know we're kind of recovering and and all of that and starting to think about next year but um you know i i, I think i still have some bags to unpack emotionally from my from my event my 105 yeah. but um you know it, it was such an incredible experience you know i would encourage anybody you don't have to do something that
0: big um but you know right exactly you you have to do something at the e- at like beyond the edge of your comfort zone right like yeah
1: you know and, and especially if you can find a way to use it as either a fundraiser or a way to spread a message or help people or you know um but it's you know you can you can do it it's uh it's if you make up your mind to you do it it's already done and then you just do the work but um you know i hope that maybe somebody looks at what i did and and considers their limits a little bit and, and maybe pushing them whatever that means to them um, yeah
0: Great message. I, I love it. Um, if anyone's listening to this and wants to know more about ultra distance obstacle course racing or is interested in getting involved in that sport, pick up uh, Motor and Guide's Ultra OCR Bible available on my website and off Amazon in digital and hard copy. You want to know yeah. about. More and I'll just... say that
1: is a great yeah. book. Actually, that, you know, that is. Um, I read that book, I think, two years ago um, before I. A couple of years ago before I was, um, you know, I was really trying to get into ultra riding. So I learned a lot. Um, you know, Evan referenced a few of the, you know, um, self-rewarding type of tactics, but there's a lot of really good info in that book about nutrition and training and mindset and kind of front to back, like, you know, everything you wish you knew um, before you did your first ultra. Yeah. You know?
0: <laughs> I mean, I I wrote it off of experience primarily, right? I mean, just the Yeah, because ton- you're
1: like, somebody needs to put all of this information together, you know, because it's like nowhere, you know, uh, so because I, it's, you know. Yeah,
0: so I, you know, it benefits everyone. But I always laugh that the the guys who are like right ahead of me or right behind me would really benefit because then they like if they use some of my tactics, they'd be able to get me pretty good. Um, yeah. <laughs> but they but they don't want to read it, right? Because they're like, oh, I beat that guy by two placements, or like, oh, I'm almost as good as that guy, so I don't need to read his book. It's like, oh, if you read my book, you'd probably be way better than me, but uh, you don't. So, oh well, <laughs> you know. And oh. uh, uh, then if anyone wants, you know. Me, so. Yeah, if anyone just wants general endurance information, again, pick up on endurance. That's my newest book. Again, great for anyone who's involved in any endurance sport, not just ultra OCR. And if you're inspired by Rachel and want to pick up the mantle of doing ultra OCR for charity by doing self-created events, you can pick up my book, Ultra OCR Man, also available on an audiobook on Audible. Um it tells some of the stories of some of the ultra charity events I've self-created and done. So we're gonna get going um i think we'll might have rachel you might be on in the next episode again we will see
1: okay um <laughs> well, before uh, we'll see yeah i'm i'm um been you know enjoying it because then you know, i could talk about obstacle like obstacle racing for hours y'all have to like you know in the old movies and they like throw lettuce like at people on stage it's like pull her off Um but i did want to say um i just wanted to give a shout out thank you again to the brands that sponsored my fundraising um event so um Hoist, Goruck, Mud Gear, and Race Ready obstacles are all four great OCR brands um, that contributed, you know, to my fundraiser raffle and to some of the gear that I needed to to put this event together. So, wanted to thank them again um, for their support in this and believing in me and and the mission I was doing. Um, so, just want to give them a shout out.
0: Yeah, great, great stuff. So we will. I'm not gonna. I teased it a little bit. I think in the last two episodes. So I'm not gonna talk about uh why we might have rachel back on the podcast uh but we will we'll keep that yeah i
1: i have like top secret clearance and i can't say anything so it's like (laughs) classified information right now so (laughs) well i
0: just i don't want to start saying stuff and then um something happens and we end up not you know it doesn't pan pan out quietly so uh but yeah you know check back uh we'll have some great content we're being
1: elusive but we may be telling you something exciting soon
0: well some great content uh both on a podcast form and then a video form again if, if everything pans out uh, in january when especially when you know there's not much going on in january so uh just a really really fun and great opportunity so we'll we'll hopefully all that pans out and yeah, we will have Rachel back on probably multiple times one pre and one Yeah, post and episodes. I've actually
1: and maybe I shouldn't say this on on live recording but I've actually put some thought into um you know working with Evan on the podcast because I love it so much so you know, if you guys, you might want, if you don't like how my voice sounds, maybe give Evan that feedback now. (laughs) (laughs) If you think I'm annoying, you know, um, but again, I won't say too much about that, but you know, um, that is, you know, something Evan and I've kind of talked about is, you know, um, co-hosting. So anyway, I'll stop with all the stuff. We're not supposed to leak yet. So um, (laughs) thank you for having me, Evan. I enjoyed the recap of the race and, you know, if anybody wants to Hit me up, has any other questions about it. I'm, you know, there's so much more detail. Love to share my story. Um, Instagram is the best way to find me. Rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L underscore fit underscore girl. Um, and that's it.
0: <laughs> Great. Well, it's good catching up with you. And uh, this will probably come out after Christmas. So have a Merry Christmas. And if our listeners, if, hope you had a Merry Christmas and we will uh, see you in the new year. This will be the final episode for 2022.
1: Happy New Year, everybody.
0: All right. We'll catch you later.